Well, good morning. Uh, to those of you on the stream, good morning. Uh, bear with us. We're hoping to fix what's going on. I know you can hear me. You just can't see me. So we're going to hopefully get that taken care of. Um, and what, we're, what I'm hopefully also going to do in this moment is not do what I did for service, which none of you will be shocked by this, but I started crying. Um, is it not just, as I've been thinking about this week, and I've been thinking about just what is happening in, in the Ukraine and across the world, I was just reminded of how important Jesus is. That life, you know, we, we think we're in control. We think we got it all figured out. And then we don't. And it has been a heavy week for me um, as I have to look at my daughters and explain that for the first time in their lifetime, which, you know, is a blessing on the one hand. But I have to explain to them that people are stupid. And people are evil. And they do dumb things. And unfortunately, like, that's just saying it mildly, right? Like, people are dying because of sin and evil. And the thing is, is it's super easy for me to throw stones on this side of it. I got some of those same things in me. I just don't have a vast military at my disposal. But I'm just thankful for Jesus today because we have victory, right? His resurrection overcomes all of that, gives us life and hope. And so I would just ask that we just continue to pray for the world. You know, Josh said it, you know, we're not just praying for the Ukrainian people, we're praying for the Russian people too. Like our old days for a lot of us growing up, this was a Cold War thing, right? I mean, I, taught, I, I, I was a good American kid who was taught to hate the Russians in every Olympic sport, right? That they cheated at everything. And maybe that's true, I don't know. But I do know that they're, they're, child, they're children of God created by him. And so just, just let's keep praying. Let's be thankful for Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross for us and for the rest of the world. Thankfully, I did not start bawling like I did first service, so you're welcome. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you know what a feat that actually was. Um, just a couple quick announcements. Um, in the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to be trying to clean up our database. And so we would love your help in just making sure we have your right information. You will, you will not be able to miss how we're going to go through that process. But if you would, just take the three to five minutes, whatever it will be, maybe less, to just confirm that we have your right information or give us your right new information, whatever the case may be. It just makes life easier for us so that we can communicate with you and you don't miss out on things. Um, the other thing is that on March 26th, we will be hosting um, a conference. Uh, when I say that, we are going to be a venue for Seeds of Hope, which is a, a foster um, agency group. They help provide and resource uh, foster families in the in Detroit, Miami County area. And they wanted to host, or they wanted to do a conference for people who are foster parents or maybe the people getting into that, all of these sorts of things. And so they are actually going to use our building on the 26th to have this conference. What we would love is for you to help out. This would be an opportunity for you to serve 
Seeds of Hope, which is doing this, this great ministry sort of thing that they are doing and serving foster families, but we, we need help. So if you would go to choicecc.org forward slash TCC serves, you will find out there that there's a number of different volunteer positions that we would need filled on that day, and we would just love for you to check that out and help us as we host them here. Um, and hopefully uh, they can do some really great stuff with that on that day. So that's March 26th. Today we're going to continue in the Power of We series. Um, last week, Chris talked about the importance of community. And you're going to hear me talk about the importance of community. And you're probably going to hear him next week talk about the importance of community and so on and so forth because that's how important community is. We were never meant to do this life alone. We weren't meant to follow Jesus alone. We weren't meant to be alone. And I think we all innately in our, in our minds, we sort of get that. But there's often times that we want to sort of shrink back into our own bubble, just, just me and God. I want to challenge you today that for you to grow spiritually, you need to get out of that bubble. That we grow best when we are in community. That we, we grow following Jesus when we follow Jesus with other, other people, not just by ourselves. So we're going to go back to Acts 2. We read this last week and we're going to read it again this week because it's just sort of the foundation of the church. This is where we get our first pictures of what the church is going to look like. So in Acts 2, we're going to read that. We're going to start in verse 42. And it says this. It says, they, meaning uh, the people who are following Jesus, the disciples, the apostles, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so we start here because this is the first time we see this gathering of people post Jesus' uh, cru crucifixion, burial, and resurrection, and then his ascension. This is what his followers are going to do, and this is how he set it up. And so we look at this and we see something very clear that all of the pronouns in this passage are plural. They, them, the apostles' teachings. Like all of these things, they did it together. Because again, we're not meant to do life alone. And they were figuring it out. Like, let's just be real about the, what the early church was doing. We, thank the Lord, have all sorts of resources. Minimally, you have a, a Bible on your phone, or you have an actual book. And some of us have a lot of these books. Do you have a Bible shelf at home? I do. I have one here at the church, too. I have maybe too many of them. But we, we are in this position where we are so resourced. We have things. We have great growth classes that happen during both services that you can go and you can learn from. But the early church had the apostles' teachings. If they were fortunate enough, they were there when Jesus taught. And they had the Old Testament. And now they're finding out this new way of life. And what does this new way of life look like? It looks like them coming together as community. But then what do they do? Well, they have to 
what, what do they have to work off of? Jesus said the greatest two commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is what the, the, the early church is doing. They're just living this out. They don't have the book of 1 Corinthians yet because Paul hasn't written it. Right? They don't have Romans. They don't have the Gospels yet even. They have a word of mouth. And so what are they doing? They come together. They love one another. They serve one another because Jesus said these are the two greatest commandments. Love God and love people. And so they do this in community as they come together. Now, when we talk about spiritual growth, we have to start with the individual. We have to start with us, and we're not going to hang out here long. Um, some of you may have been here. I, I preached a sermon on spiritual growth a number of months back where I basically just told you to read your Bible, to pray, to do some quiet time, get involved in some of our spiritual growth classes, even get involved in a small group. Like those things will make you grow spiritually. In, these, in a steady diet of these daily spiritual disciplines are what keep us connected to God and fuel our following Jesus. These daily spiritual disciplines are what keep us connected to God and fuel our following Jesus. We have to do these things. Because when we do, we have this, it creates an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do some work on us. Now what do I mean by that? Well, when I'm reading the Bible, if I come across a verse that maybe I've read before, but you know, the Bible's weird because it'll hit you differently the next time you read the same passage, right? Have you ever had that happen to you where you, you read this passage and you were like, oh, I've got this completely figured out. Six months later, different stage of life, different time, you go, what is this verse? It happens to me all the time. Some of you know that I've been doing uh, devos on Facebook, on our church web, on our church Facebook page, um, Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m., and this actually happened to me not long ago. So I was reading through, we were studying through the book of Romans. And I got to Romans 15. You know, that really popular book, chapter that probably none of us really remember. Because I didn't. And so I'm sitting there reading it. Got a camera, you know, it's, I'm reading it live. And I read Romans 15, um, verses 1 through 3. And it says this. It says, who, who, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build up, uh, to build him up, excuse me. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Now I'm confident I've read this verse before. Never even paused on it. And then a couple weeks ago, I'm reading this and I just went, wait, what? Like, I'm, I'm supposed to not live to please myself? And then I start thinking. And the Holy, Spirit, excuse me, the Holy Spirit starts doing what it does. And then the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, Drew, it's not about you. Remember, we have this talk a lot. Why do you keep forgetting this? And in fact, it says that I'm to live to please my neighbor. What? I don't want to do that. Right? But the Holy Spirit's like, I don't care. Like, if you're following Jesus, we're going to do things the way Jesus does things. Even to the point where in this verse it says that Jesus did not please, please himself. Okay, I hear you, God. Loud and clear. Like, Jesus didn't live to please himself, so I can't either. But here's the deal. Had I not been re reading my Bible regularly, 
How do I ever get to that verse? Romans 15, verses 1 through 3. I mean, who, know, who even knows what that verse says until this moment, right? Because when we do these spiritual disciplines, we allow ourselves to have the proper orientation to God where we are open to what he wants to do through us. His word does these things. His spirit works in us. It creates an opportunity. But that's not all we need to do. Because if you're like me, follow, doing spiritual disciplines has been tough all my life. Trying to get in the rhythm and the habit of it is difficult for me. But I can tell you what, the place that I have actually grown the most is when I am in biblical, Jesus-centered community. This is where I get challenged. Dare I say, I get changed and transformed because I'm not just sitting here holding a bunch of ideas in my head. Now, what Chris said last week, I mean, I want us to take this seriously, that we don't, we're not good in isolation. We're just not. In my life, as I try to do things on my own, I don't get very far. In my life, as I try to grow spiritually on my own, I don't get very far. But the biggest seasons of growth in my life, spiritually, are when I am in community. When people can speak into my life, when I can speak into theirs, and we can have the Holy Spirit working in our midst. Our spiritual growth has accelerated when we are in close community with other Christians. Just a fact. Because this is how we were created to, to live. This was created, this is how, why we were, or this is the way it's supposed to be done. Proverbs 27 says that iron sharpens, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need each other to help push each other to follow after Jesus. Our spiritual growth has accelerated when we put ourselves in these situations. Even the author of Hebrews, Chris used this verse last week, he says in uh, author of Hebrews in verse, or chapter 10, verse 24 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Like that's the challenge that if we, like I can't do that on my own. I can't spur you on to love and good deeds if I'm in isolation. Maybe I could, you know, write it down on a paper airplane and throw it and hope you pick it up and read it and then do something with it, right? I need to be in community where I can do my job, which is to spur you on, and then you need to be in community where you can spur me on because this is how we grow because we find ourselves in these situations where, let's just face it, we get some accountability. We get some accountability. People can look at me in my eyes and say, Drew, how are you doing with Jesus today or this week? If I'm by myself, I don't ever ask that question in the mirror because I already know. But I can have somebody else go, hey, I care about you. I love you. I want you to be the most like Jesus that you can as you follow him. How are you doing with Jesus? And yes, people ask me that question. This is not some hypothetical. This is, this is, and if you've had that sort of community in your life, you understand how powerful it is. 
And what I want for you today is to just, just want it or even just be interested or be curious about it because this is how we grow. It's how Jesus set it up. I mean, when Jesus came to this earth and he starts his ministry, what does he do? He grabs some guys and says, hey, come follow me. But he doesn't just bring them together for one day of the week and then send them home. They are now together. They are living together. They are sleeping next to each other. They are walking the roads. They are making mistakes. They are having dumb conversations where Jesus gets to speak into their lives, right? I mean, think about all of the dumb things the apostles do. None of them are doing them by themselves. I mean, they get in arguments about who's, who's the greatest, right? They're walking as a group in community, moving to the next place Jesus is taking them, and they start going, you know what? I think maybe me. I'm the best. And the other guy's like, no, it's going to be me. And then Jesus walks up and goes, you guys are idiots. <laughs> it's clearly me. <laughs> like, I'm Jesus, hello, I'm standing right here. Like, what do you guys are? You, want, you think you're going to sit next to the Father? Come on. But those are those moments where we sharpen one another, right? Because let's be honest, we all have some dumb ideas that in our own bubble, we can crystallize into something smart. And we need people in our lives to make sure that that bubble doesn't crystallize, that somebody pops it. And it'll be uncomfortable, it'll be tough, but you'll get over it. Because you've got somebody who loves you and cares for you. You're in community with somebody who's looking at you through Jesus' eyes going, I want the best for you. I want you to be like Jesus. Don't do this stupid thing. Or be better. Because this is how we just grow. We just, this, is, this is it. Hebrews says it. Uh, the writer says it this way in verse, uh, chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. He says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But then let's pay attention here. But encourage one, one another daily, as long as, as it is called today, so that no one, none, excuse me, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We can grow spiritually in community because we find encouragement and guidance. Again, if you have been in this deep, loving, mutual, respecting, transparent, vulnerable community, you know that people help put some guardrails up on us. And if you're like me, you kind of need them. You need people looking out for you going, don't go over there. Come back. No, no, don't. I know what so-and-so said. Don't listen to them. Like, for real. And then they look at each other, the other people in the group and they go, guys, am I right? Or ladies, am I right? And you're like, yeah, you're right. Don't listen to that person. And it, and, and it just fuels us on our journey of following Jesus. Because we can't just do it on our own. We will be out of gas and broke down without it. Unfortunately, the reality is, though, for me, so I'll start with me, but also a lot of us, this sounds like a great idea. But man, does it sound hard. And so the second these doors open and you leave, you're going to go, yeah, that sounded really good. And that's it. Reminds me, a couple of weeks ago, my, my eldest, Chloe, we were, we were at coffee, Emily and Samantha and Chloe and I, and for some reason Emily started bringing up um, that there's some giant trash island floating in some ocean somewhere full of plastic, Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Okay, there's lots. Okay, good. It's like, if this is wrong, I don't know what I'm going to do then. But you got Google. You can figure it out. Anyway, that's not really super important. But part of that was we were talking about, like, Emily and I were kind of, like, reminiscing. And for some of you, you can reminisce with us. Back when six-packs had the plastic rings around them. And we were told by Captain Planet and a whole lot of other things that we needed to cut those rings so those little baby otters wouldn't choke to death. Some of us to this day still do that because we are so afraid to kill the baby otter and end up on the commercial, right? It's okay, you can laugh. I still do it. And so as we're talking about this, Chloe, I I told her I was going to use this story, so I'm not springing this on her right now, but she was just like, you know, Dad, like, that all sounds good, but I mean, it just kind of sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) I went, yeah. I was like, welcome to my sermon, Chloe. (laughs) I said, I'm going to quote you. And what did she say to me? She goes, which one? I'm pretty quotable. Uh, she was both blessed with my quick wit and my humility. Um, but that's the case, right? Like, all of this sounds good. I mean, you may be hearing me go, Drew, like, this sounds awesome. This sounds great. And then when you, when you realize that you have to, like, step into other people's lives, when you have to bear your own life, when you have to sharpen one another, when you have to sometimes have tough conversations or you have to stay up late on the phone helping someone through a situation, you're like, ah, I think it's just too hard though. I'll just kind of go back over here in my own little bubble. And that's a challenge for us when we follow Jesus. It all sounds good, right? It all sounds great, but it's not easy. Because when we follow in community, guys, it leads to transformation. And then that transformation leads to being on mission, which is the definition for what a disciple is. And I've just found in my own life, the more that I am in relationship and in community with people, the more I grow spiritually, the more I am connected to Jesus, the more I feel connected to God. But to get there, we have to do, do something that's super uncomfortable. We have to die to ourselves. So we started at the individual stage. We're talking about community. But now we have to go back to us because individually we have to recognize that we don't know best. And God put this in place for a reason. I mean, Jesus knew that as humans, we were going to have a hard time following him anyway in all sorts of different directions. And he says this, in Matthew 16, 24 through 25, he says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. That means I follow, as in a verb, I do something. I follow Jesus. I die to myself. I deny Myself, Because we all know, individually, like if I just look in the mirror, I'm going to be the best at everything. Right? I'm going to be the best dad. I'm going to be the best husband. I'm going to be the best... Ah, sorry, I wish my list was longer than that. Brother, friend, employee, driver. I'm never going to be the best dancer. I won't lie that much to myself. But I will be the best at all of that if all I'm doing is looking in a mirror. 
But if I have people around me who love me, who are involved in my life, who know enough, if, I, if when I come to one of our microgroups, they know me well enough, if I come and, I, and they say to me, hey, how's, how's your marriage going? If I lie to them, they know. And that's a challenge. It's accountability. But I have to die to myself in what is comfortable because when we get in these spaces of discomfort, that's when the Holy Spirit starts working because it makes us be challenged. It helps us grow. We grow best in community because it gives us the opportunity to live out the one another's, which stretches us and forces us to be like Jesus. Not just imagine that we're going to be like him. We have a lot of good intentions. We got to set them aside and actually do something with this. And we'll talk about the one another's in two weeks as uh, later on in this series, but just know like that is, that, is the, that is how you grow, how you get changed, how you get transformed because we do that with other people and that's the way we are created for. If the worship team wants to come up, we're going to just kind of uh, get ready to finish up here but hopefully when you came in you got one of these cards and we're trying to just give you some practical ways. We don't want you to walk away this morning going, I don't know what I, what I should do. And so on these cards, we just got a couple things that we would love to challenge you with. And so one of them is that you would read your uh, Bible regularly and that you would be praying regularly. Maybe for you, this is just a baby step. I also know that it will be a huge step for a lot of us to open God's word on a regular basis and allow the Holy Spirit to do something with that time to challenge us. Sounds like a baby step, but I am fully aware of how life-changing that can be. Or praying, or doing quiet time, any of those type of, the personal disciplines, or spiritual disciplines, maybe that's what you need to do. Or maybe you engage in a growth class. Maybe you go, hey, I'm reading the Bible, but I feel like I need to know a little bit more. I need, I need to understand it a little bit more. And you, listen, as I said earlier, we have classes at 9 and 10.30. And guess what? There's other people there. So you get to do community at the same time where you get to ha- maybe have a safe place to ask some questions that you've, you've always wanted to ask, but you just don't know. You don't want to look silly. You don't want to feel dumb. And listen, I've been in those. I've led those. Nobody's going to think that. We're all there to love and serve and learn together. So maybe that's, the, maybe that's what you need to do. Or maybe you need to get involved in a small group. I know a lot of us are, but if you're not... It's a great place to find community. Great place to have people who will love you and pray for you and, and challenge you. Help you grow as you follow Jesus. And then I don't have time to get into the long pitch, but if you... We have microgroups that are happening. And microgroups are where we, three or four of us, get together weekly for a lot of weeks in a row. And we pray together and we read God's word together, and we get involved in each other's lives. They're microgroups because they're actually smaller than small groups, if that makes sense. But what God is doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing through these groups right now is just, is just phenomenal. It's amazing. And if you would be interested in hearing the longer pitch of that, please just see me at any point, and I will talk to you off for an hour and a half, and you'll wish you hadn't. Um, 
which is true. A couple people over here after first service <laughs> were on the receiving end of that. And last, again, maybe a, maybe a baby step, maybe not, maybe a huge giant step. When we are in community with people, that means we have to be in relationship. And sometimes we need to do some things with other people just so we can grow a little bit, so we can feel a little bit uncomfortable. And so I have on here to commit to blank, and I gave you a multiple choice. I thought that was very nice of me. You can decide which one of those things that you want to do. But encouraging, which we have cards in the seats in front of you, if you, want, if you even want to just write a note of encouragement to someone in this church, um, I, I just felt like we needed to say that because I don't know if I have addresses for people outside this church, but somebody in this church, you want to encourage them for being an awesome dad, awesome mom, great husband, great volunteer, great just follower of Jesus. If you want to do that, we'll be happy. you just just happy to help you out. You drop them in the offering boxes on the way out and we'll mail them to people. Or maybe you just walk up to that person right after the service. I know, face-to-face contact can be hard. But maybe you do that. Or maybe you forgive somebody. I know, that's the one that sounds like it's a good idea, but it's just hard. Or so is the next one, reconciling with someone. I don't know what it is. I don't know where you're at. But I do know that you need community to grow spiritually. And that God and the Holy Spirit do their best work when we do what they designed us to do, which is to come together, to grow together, to follow Jesus together. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for, we thank you for the way you set things up. We thank you that we have brothers and sisters to lean on in those moments when we feel like we're just falling or that things are, are just so rough we just don't know where to turn. God, if we haven't experienced that, would you just challenge us in this moment right now that we would take a step of faith, as uncomfortable as it might be, and move in the direction of finding community where we can grow spiritually together as we follow Jesus together. God, we're just... We're just challenged by your word, and you call, it, call us to it, so help us take those steps. God, as we move forward this week, would you just help us to have your eyes and your heart for the people around us? Help us grow spiritually just in the way we interact with people today and the rest of this week, that we would see those people the way you do. And in the process then, Father, that we would die to ourselves, we would put ourselves last and them first so that we can serve and love them the way your son showed us how to do it. And finally, Father, let us just put our faith into action. Let us stop being about, that sounds like a good idea, but then we never get to it. Let us be people of action. And then we would put, it, put this faith that we have into action to the people around us, to you, So, Father, we just thank you in advance what you will do through that. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his obedience, for his ministry, for his example, for his sacrifice, for his resurrection. We just thank you for everything that he is, everything he was, and everything that he will be forever and ever. 
We pray all these things in his powerful, powerful name. Amen. If you need to talk or pray, some of myself and some, maybe some of our leaders will be in the back. Right now, we're going to just sing together and actually sing towards each other. Normally, we kind of end in this, in this worship.